friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Nutrafol. I am so excited to start their program and get thicker, stronger hair. Super excited. I'll tell you guys about it later. Give you a promo code, a little discount. You know what I'm saying? Ah, how you guys doing? How are you? Guess what? It's my birthday in like a week and a half. I'm getting super old, but uh, feel pretty good, you know? Feel uh, getting the B12 shots. Whew. I mean, I've never done crack, but man, I imagine that's what it feels like. I feel like I'm on fire afterwards. I'm like, B12 shot? All right, for three days, watch out. I'll be working out. I'll be cleaning frantically. I'll be getting a lot of work done. I don't know. Not encouraging any uh, drug use. Don't do drugs. But uh, B12, hitting that. Um, (laughs) I want to thank you guys just for listening and being so awesome. You know, I adore you so much. And I know it might seem small, but uh, it really helps the show if you leave a five-star rating and positive review um not only does it make me feel awesome uh but it it really does help the show and keep it going and uh yeah and I just want to keep putting out uh the best content I can finding interesting guests you know I've been thinking about it a lot and uh I think maybe it's like I wonder if it's confusing for people sometimes they're like you're a stand-up comedian like why are you covering some heavy topics sometimes or why are you getting so deep about things it's like you know, I don't need to be like a court jester all the time. I like learning about new people and new and interesting things. And um, yeah, I think that's important. And my guest today, Tatiana Taylor, is part of that learning, getting to know new people and uh, just trying to have a better understanding of other people's experiences and struggles. Um, Tatiana Taylor is the host of a dating podcast called Cats and Dogs. Um, and uh, it fo- her podcast focuses on um, being, uh, she's a male co-host, uh, a black female and black male dating in New York City. But um, Tatiana Taylor is the first of my guests that um, are just people that, you know, I've connected with on Instagram and whatever that um, I just, I want to learn more about what her experience, what your experience is of, of being uh, a woman or man of color. I'm, I've had I've had plenty of you know, uh, women or men of color on my podcast before, but like I guess this specific format is just being like, tell me what tell me what your experience is. I just I want to hear it. I want to know what maybe I wouldn't know, what it's like on a day to day basis, a, a day in a life of a you know woman of color. Like what. What little things do I not know? What What is it like to go to a job interview and have to think about the way you do your hair? She explains that. What is it like to um, have an incident where you need to call the cops and they basically ignore you? Or having a, a young six-year-old son that you know that you're going to have to have a difficult conversation with one day, perhaps, about these experiences. But Tatiana's like super, super positive. I mean, there was a few times even, in all honesty, where I was like, I like wanted her to be like, yeah, that really sucked. But she was like, you know what? It's like, it's fine. I get over it. And like, and I was just so impressed. And uh, yeah, she, she just, she gives really incredible insight on, you know, um, how certain groups of people, maybe a white woman in a relationship, she can be like, oh, the crazy one. It's just like, oh, I love crazy chicks. But she explains that like, 
you know, when a uh, black woman just merely stands up for herself, people are like, whoa, angry black woman. So just stuff I would have never known. And she's just, she's cool. And I learned a lot and it's a fun conversation. And yeah, I think you guys will really, really love her. So without further ado, give it up for Tatiana Taylor. Tatiana, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. So excited to be here. I feel like we were we're new friends just via email and podcasting. We are like I, I feel like we're friends. Like I was like so excited that I got to like reach out to you to like do this because I've been wanting to like speak about it and I've been watching your Instagram and I was telling my friend I was like Rachel has like really came through and I was like if anyone needs to know how to be an ally, it's Rachel because I was like she's legitimately doing so much like research on her own she's posting things and I was like I can tell that she truly cares and it was just like yeah like I was very like oh my god it's it's really good to see people that you support Mm -hmm. support you Mm -hmm. and I was really happy that I was like oh my god like Rachel's being so supportive of us and it's really refreshing to see that thank you that makes me feel really good because there's like a sense of nervousness to like, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Like I hope just by caring and wanting to learn that's, you know, and, and, you know, I've gone to several protests and stuff too, but yeah, you just get, I think you get nervous to be like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Is someone going to get mad at me right now? But I guess it doesn't matter if your heart's in the right place. Yeah. Like I feel like you've been doing things perfectly. Like I feel like I can definitely tell you've been like educating yourself and doing research and really trying to like learn more. Mm -hmm. And like, I know you've been watching like movies and stuff. Like some of the movies you watched, I haven't watched yet because I just, it's just like a horror movie. I I can't like, it's like, like when they see us because I have a son who is six, it is truly like a horror movie to me because I'm like, that could, heaven forbid, that could be my son one day. Like, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things that like, I see like people who are white, like they're out there watching and I'm like, I love that they're watching this because I haven't even watched these things because I'm just too freaked out and scared to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally like watching The Exorcist, which I refuse to watch as well. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Like, you can't go there. You already know the reality of it. You don't need it played back for you. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, so the point of us talking besides just getting to know each other better is I just want to hear, I just want to hear from you. Like I want to hear about your experiences and I mean, I have some planned questions, but I did like the stuff that you sent me, uh, that you wanted to talk about because okay. only, you know, your experience. So, so like me and my friends were saying this the other day, like, uh, her friend wanted to go to Long Island and, um, she was saying how, like, she was like, the friend, like we can't go too far out, like too far deep because, the deeper you get into Long Island, like the more sketchier it gets for me, like especially if you're of color, because like a lot, like there's a place in New York City like Cairo Beach, where it's infamous for like not being fond of black people, mm-hmm. and like I still refuse to go there now. Like I think it was like in the 1960s they beat up um, the black man, like a, like a bunch of people on the over there. Wow. I refuse to go there now. Like I went to get my eyelashes done one day, and it was like, oh, Howard Beach location. I was like, I'll go to Jersey. Like I, I was like, I don't drive. I was like, I'll go to Jersey, like, because it, it, it's really scary, like, knowing that some places, even in New York City, that you, or even in New York, rather, that you can go and people will look at you side eye and not treat you the way they would treat somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. so it, that's a little scary. And then, like, even while, like, traveling to, like, different countries, it's always making sure, like, research and, like, how are they going to treat us because we're Black or 
is it safe to even go here for for people who are black? Like I recently went to Colombia, but Colombians are coming like they come like white like you to like as dark as me. They all come in all different station sizes. So mm-hmm. there was fine, but there's a lot of places like I'll like look up and I'm like, mm, I don't really know how this mm-hmm. will go. Traveling here, like would I really be safe? Is it is this a smart decision for me to go to? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like that along with like even being like at work, making sure like. If you haven't, like, I remember like, it was not that long ago, we were talking about um, something at work as far as like how our job was reacting to COVID. And this girl was like, well, I think our job is doing a great job. And I said, no, like the people who work in the factories, like it sucks that they have had to choose like between working or not, or like not being paid. And I was like, I just hit her with a bunch of facts about like what they could have did better. And she was like, oh my God, calm down. And I was like, I'm literally texting you and a chat i'm not even on calm i'm actually sitting here like just drinking like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon i'm not on calm and she Mm -hmm. was like oh my god calm down like you know it has to be aggressive and i was like i I literally am not like Mm -hmm. and i was like this is why a lot of times at work i don't speak up or say an opinion because i don't want them to i don't want to be the angry black girl Mm -hmm. and that happens a lot of times when you just express an opinion that you and I could say the same thing, but because I said it and I'm, and I'm standing up for myself, I can back it up for facts, is misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Because so that's already like, a preconceived notion of like, even if you're saying it just as calmly as you're saying it to me now. like Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and literally I was talking like this. I was like, it wasn't even like a video. It was literally just like in a work chat. And I was just like, no, like they could have did better. Like these people have families and she didn't like any of the facts that I gave her. And she was like, you just have to calm down. And I was like, but I'm literally not even angry. Like, it takes a lot to make me angry, actually. But which is one of the things, like, you have to always remember at work, like, don't don't be too black, quote unquote, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's that people just don't want to hear stuff they don't they don't have to think about? Like, they don't want to have to think about, like, being a factory worker, which, which is probably uh, predominantly more... Um, you know, lower income white people, I'm sure, are in there, but it's probably Hispanics, uh, people of color, yeah. black people. You know, I'm sure that that's the case, and they just she, don't want to have to think about it. Or I don't know if she didn't want to think about it, but I think she was just acting like, oh, this, like our job is so great and they're doing so much to help. And I was like, but they're not. Like, I was like, they're like staying open. And I was like, they actually don't really need to be because, like, for what we do, people don't need this right now. Like, yeah. During this time. I was like, we could have just closed, like, and just left it at that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't feel like what they did was correct. I feel, I, was, I feel like the way that they kind of took too long were acting with COVID, even with us in the office. I feel mm-hmm. like New York City, New Jersey was in a state of emergency, and we were still at work. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was to say, I was like, I don't feel like our job did a great job, and I just don't know. If she just didn't understand like how it can feel for like minorities who actually like live paycheck to paycheck and need this money and had to choose between like. It was a it was a news article. One guy was saying he had to choose between working and like working and making money, but then his wife just had two newborn babies, like twins. Oh God, yeah. Was like I was scared of contracting it to bring it back home to him. I said that's really messed up. Like he should have definitely been ex- even people were like I don't mind working, I live alone. The people who were scared should have been paid out. Like that's just how I felt. Like they should have been paid out because it's not yeah. any of our faults that this happened. It's just twenty twenty. Like yeah. I, th- I think something you said just a, a few minutes ago really rung true that I can see that she basically she was saying that you should just w- like we should just be grateful it's a great job like like her brain cannot see past that that's just probably how her life's always going to be yeah like 
she's probably never going to have to work in a factory. Like that's not on the radar. So it's not on her radar at all to even think about that, which is very, very sad. I mean, it's uh, like she, I remember she mentioned like her mom was a nurse and I was like, there's a difference between being a nurse and a frontline worker and really doing a different job and making a difference and working in a factory right now that does not need to be open. Like Mm -hmm. you can't compare the two. But mm-hmm. I don't think she got that point because, like, she came from like a like a pretty well-off family. She had, was studying to be a lawyer at one point in her life, and then just stopped. So, mm-hmm. like, I can tell, like, her like she never would have to probably really think about having to work in a, in a factory. And luckily, neither have I. But I can sympathize with people who, just because I'm a human, just because I'm like, yeah, that sucks that you have to think about like, should I make money or contract this disease to my kids? Like, it sucks yeah. that that's where it came down to. Yeah. But I also think you're the type of person that, like, yeah, you've never had to work in a factory, either a vibe. But I'm certainly not above it. Like, if I had to make money, I'd have to make money. And frankly, I could exactly. just listen. I could listen to podcasts all day and just do whatever the work was. I, exactly. I, I actually had thought about it at a certain point. I was like, I could just listen to what I want to listen to. I could listen to true crime and just do whatever you do in the factory. <laughs> I've thought about that as well. Even though I thought I do now, I'm like. I can do this like when I have to do like emails I'm like I'm gonna listen to a bunch of podcasts and forget that I don't remember I'm supposed to be on the phone like I a lot of times I like just listen to podcasts because I don't want to be on the phone so I'm like I'm just gonna email at least I'm doing my work still so I did it now (laughs) so funny so funny no but that's interesting what you say about factory workers I'm from a a super small town uh, in Oregon and they're really the only major cases of coronavirus that are in my small town right now that my parents still live in are their Hispanic factory workers. It's spread quickly in that space. And it's really, my mom said it earlier today. She was like, it's really sad that the, the predominantly the people in our hometown that have it are Hispanics because they're working in the factory. It, it, it's just sad. It's, it's but it's super, like not good conditions either. And it's like, yeah, it's so easy to contract the disease, this disease. And it's like, it's because we, they still have to work. Like a lot of minorities still have to work to like, you know, make ends meet because they have families. So, like, luckily, like, when this happened, I got to work from home, and then I was like, hey, I'm not going to work anymore. And I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I, I've, all my bills are paid. I'm, I'm great. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not the case for so many people. That's not the case for so many people, especially people who are in factory workers who are Hispanic. Mm-hmm. That's not their case. And it, it sucks that, like, they have to still do that and they're contracting this disease, though. Yeah. Did you know that 30 million women experience hair loss? But it's not openly talked about. So going through it yourself can feel lonely and frustrating, but it's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women standing up for their strands. I know for me personally, it's not just about genetics. There's many factors that can play a role in hair growth, like stress and hormones. And in my case, my uh, thyroid condition and the fact that I bleach the heck out of my hair. But Nutrafol targets multiple root causes of thinning hair at once. Nutrafol, I'm so excited. I'm starting their program and I cannot wait to tell you guys about my results. Nutrafol is formulated with potent botanicals to help you grow hair as strong as you are. And it's physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug-free, like I said, and they use all natural clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress, skin, nails, and libido. 
Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back in your hands. And when you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries so you never miss a dose. Shipping is free and you can pause or cancel any time. Does it work? Yes. 77% of women saw improvements in just 90 days. That's amazing. So what does control of your hair growth feel like? 79% of women reported more confidence after six months of taking Nutrafol. Even if you aren't experiencing thinning hair, Nutrafol can help you grow thicker, stronger hair. And who doesn't want that? Whether you're experiencing thinning or not, you deserve hair as strong as you are. And Nutrafol can help you achieve your best hair growth naturally. Okay, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support Be Here for a while by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Be Here to get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com with promo code Be Here. Their best offer anywhere 20% off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N U T R A F O L.com with promo code Be Here for hair as strong as you are. You're blessed enough to live at home with your mom and, uh, but you must, uh, if you want to touch on it, you must have stories of uh, what it was like. Well, you know what? I actually don't want to say when it was worse, probably when your mom was growing up, because was it? I mean, if, if you talk to your mom about it, like, I would think, if, I just had uh, this woman, Bridget Davis, on my podcast, and we were talking about, because uh, she wrote this book about her mom running the numbers in Detroit and her growing up as a young black girl there, and... One of my questions to her, and she actually answered it before I even asked it, was she did not think in a, a million years, basically, that she'd be living through pretty much what was supposed to be done now. This was supposed to be. So yeah. have you talked to your mom about her experiences? And um, A little. Um, she was telling me, like, my mom went to a school that's not too far from here. And um, back in the day, it still kind of is. It was predominantly white. Mm -hmm. And I think she's one of like, the few black kids that went there. And she was saying, like, she made friends like with the white kids and stuff. And um, she remembers, like, one day she seen, like, they had left this, like, this elementary school. And they were, like, maybe in middle school. And she seen a girl, like, on the bus and was, like, waved at the girl. Like, it was a white girl. And it, she was, like, with her, the white girl was, like, with her friends that were also white. And, like, the girl ignored her. And just little things like that, like, how, um, like, my aunt had a friend that, like, used to live in, like, our neighborhood, which isn't the best. Um... And like she was white, she moved out, and like they seen her at the movie theaters like four months later, and it was like, hey, and like they were calling her name, and like the girl like just ignored them, but the people, the girl that she, she was like her friends, and they were like, hey, like they're calling you, and she was like, I don't know them, but it was like, you did, so it was just like little uh, things like that. My mom has like gone through as far like um, as far as like with racism and stuff, like I guess no, not a, wanting to acknowledge they had a friend that was black, like. Pretty much like this little, little, little tiny things like that. Like my mom has yep. gone through. That's a, you're saying it's a little thing, but that's the kind of stuff is like a little kid that just like erodes your confidence, like little by little, like you, you remember that stuff. And even if you yeah. don't like consciously remember it, you subconsciously remember what that felt like. Yeah. Like my mom was like, my mom has always been a person like has had friends of all races and nationalities and ages and whatever. And like, I mean, she still talks about that to this day and she's in her sixties and she was like, I remember that the girl just straight up ignored me. Didn't say anything to me. Like, act like I was, uh, I, she did like, she didn't know me. I was just crazy or waving at her. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a little thing, but 
she's never thankfully experienced like anything like super like racist or anything like that like it's mm -hmm. always been like little microaggressions but just still just as that but she's never been like called out of her name like the n-word or anything like that like it's just been like small things that maybe at, like she didn't realize at the time when she was like a teenager like that this is what racism is but she's like as an adult she looks back and she's like oh like she realized like now like the girl was racist or just didn't want to talk to her because she didn't want her friends to know that she had a black friend mm -hmm. yeah do you have any experiences from your childhood personally that happened to you that that resonate with you so I um, went to, like, when I was in elementary school, I had a bunch of friends that were, like, Hispanic and Black. I didn't really, like, make, like, my first friends that, that was white until, like, middle school. Mm -hmm. And, like, they all treated me, like, the same, but I didn't realize at first that we don't have the same type of hair. Like, my hair is very curly right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, I used to straighten my hair, like, when I was younger because, like, I wanted straight hair. And, like, my friends would, like, put mousse and gel and hairspray in their hair. And, like, I would do the same thing because I wanted to have hair like theirs. But I didn't realize, like, that's not for your hair. Like, it was, like, the products that have, like, harsh alcohol, like, that suave, like, mm -hmm. back in the day, like, the 90% hole. Yeah. I used to put that in my hair. <laughs> and, like, try to look like them. And, like, I have so many pictures. I look such, like, such an idiot. And my mom would be like, stop. But, like, she knew I had to just do it. And whatever. And I was just trying to fit in with the girls in my school. Like, they were never, like, nasty to me. But I just realized things like that. Like, I, I it didn't. Until, so, like, I got older, I realized, oh, like, we are different. We have different types of hair. I can't do what they do with their hair. Mm -hmm. I can't sit there and mousse and gel and hairspray my hair every day and wash it every day like I was doing mm -hmm. because I wanted to fit in with all the girls in my school that I had became, like, friends with. Mm -hmm. So I, that, that's one thing I, like, grew up, like, finally, I'm like, oh, because I was, came older, I was like, oh, that's, like, I realized, like, that's my, I think I first realized, like, oh, like, we're different like it's not just like it's a it finally started resonating with me as I got into middle school like oh okay not the same can't do what they're doing <laughs> like yeah now would you did, did you when you entered the job force or when you went to apply to did you go to college no I okay so I went to college I, I'm not I'm not saying that I, I listen I went to college and I've never used my degree I don't think it's okay. and, and also no twice. one in my family went to college by the way besides me so <laughs> I went to college twice and after six months around midterms I drop out <laughs> I probably wouldn't better off I don't what am I using a political science degree for I barely watch the news so <laughs> <laughs> at least you have it I just want to say I have a degree yeah, and I can it's... never get through midterms I'm always like this is too much trust and me I just it's stop. not worth it <laughs> 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 okay well okay so college aside did you did you feel any difference when entering the workforce on like job hiring that I get jobs because of my name like I get interviews because of my name because oh. my name is Tatiana I won't say my like my last name but I get because my name is Tatiana people mm -hmm. never think that I am black I remember I had a guy and I because I've worked in the bank for a couple of years before like, I got into what I'm doing now and a guy was like, I thought you were a Russian girl that married an American man. And then he seen me, he was like, oh, clearly you're not, but I thought you were a Russian girl. And I remember before I had, an, I worked at another bank and an old Russian lady was like, I was really excited because I thought you were Russian. So I realized I get a lot of jobs because of my name mm -hmm. and I don't put down my race. So a lot of times I get an interview, it's because just of my just the strength of my name wait so you get the interview based on your name but you've never had an experience where you felt like you didn't get the job because then they saw that you weren't a russian girl 
Honestly, no, because I think I've conformed. Like, I won't wear my hair curly on an interview. Like, I wanted braids before. And my cousin works at HR, and she was like, yes, it's illegal to discriminate, but she's like, you can't prove the discrimination. So, like, I will make sure when I'm going on an interview, I have my hair back in a bun, or I have my hair straight. Like, I won't wear it curly, because a lot of times it's deemed unprofessional, but it's like, this is my hair. Like, this is how my hair goes out of my head. Yeah, like, like, what? (laughs) I didn't die at peak and I'm coming here. Like my hair grows like this. Yeah. So I've conf- I think I've conformed. So like, I will look more like presentable so that they will hire me. I think it's something I subconsciously I've done is to make sure that I look like I'll fit in and, you know, won't cause trouble or whatever the bias they have already in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to make sure I fit in enough that like I'll get the job, which I guess in the way it's, this fucked up but yeah i won't like wear my hair curly for a while even after i get the job i won't wear my hair curly for a really long time like i it'll take like six like my job now i got my i started working there last june i didn't wear my hair curly until this past February. Mm-hmm. i have not because like i always want because i i want to fit in and i feel like a lot of times when like they start standing even when i do wear my hair curly everyone like that wasn't of color in the office like was like oh my god you changed your hair and mm-hmm. i'm just like it's just hair like i, I just don't understand yeah, but I don't think I've ever been discriminated against because of my race, thankfully. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, but I do try to tone down, like, how I, who I am at work just because of it, though. Because I don't want them to act. I don't, I don't ever want to be, like, the angry Black girl at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, makes, that makes sense. I mean, I... I'm I'm surprised I guess that you don't have any experience like that it's that's a blessing that's that's good but maybe it's because you had to change yourself you know like yeah. you could, so like it's it's still pretty fucked up I mean being a woman of color I think as my friend said to me she's like it's the hardest thing it's the hardest thing I was saying to my friends the other day and my friend said it to me yesterday she was like it's literally the hardest thing like the most respectful one respected woman in America is a black woman because mm-hmm. like we have to be there for everyone and we're expected to do everything for everyone and like really like come through for everybody but at the, end of t- at the end of the day we get so much hate and there's so many times like I look online even for people like who are like even darker than me they'll like I see like the Instagram comments like oh it's the mo-. like just this is a bunch of stupid things that mm-hmm. you'll see like when people are trying to insult you I remember one girl we were supposed to be friends and we got in an argument she called me a frog and I've, never, I was- I've never even heard that term for- so neither did I, and then like we like me and my friends like Googled it, and it was like I guess it's, I guess like it's something that like people who are racist will do for people who are like who are black and of color, call them animals like monkey, frog, or whatever. And yeah, I mean she like she she was like you're like she was like you're a frog, and I was like, but it's oh, just like God, and it's someone who I was to be friends with, and we got in an argument, and it's like mm. it's it's just things like that. Like it's really hard to be a black woman in America. Like, I I. I will say that all the time. I've said it to my friends many times. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, it's hard being a woman, but you put on top of that being black. And mm-hmm. it's like, you have everything riding on your shoulders and you get no respect. Yeah, you said you said that in your email back to me about questions. And it made me think about just in every... God, even in real life, but also in any fictional movie, movie that you watch and... The, the black female character, the mom, is the strength of the family. She, it's like soul food. It's like that movie. Yeah. Like it's, that, it's that she's holding everything together. Everyone else can fall apart, but she's got to hold it together. It's like it does seem like the toughest 
absolute toughest job, honestly. It's the reason, like, my friends was like, she was like, and I know she didn't mean anything by it. She was like, oh, you're a strong black woman. I was like, can you not say that to me? I was like, because I, I feel like that's like where people use that to be like, oh, you can endure anything and take all this abuse because you're a strong and you're a black woman. I said, just like you, like, I cry. Like, I cry, I get emotional, I get, like, sad, and I get just, like, I, I get down. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I really hate that thing of being like a strong black woman because it's like, we're not allowed to be feminine. Like, we're not allowed to be angry. If we're angry, we're angry black women. But if you, it's our counterparts, if they're angry, it's sexy and like, oh, it's so hot. But if I'm angry, it, it's, it's, oh my God, this angry black girl. And it's just like, I just want to be like, loved for who I am. Like, it's, I want to be able to be angry and not act like, calm, you know, when she get angry, she get all get And it's like, it's, it's just little things like that that like you have to deal with with being a black woman which is like literally like i keep saying it's it's so hard to deal with to like keep your composure and keep your strength to be like huh like you just blew my mind in so many different ways right there <laughs> number one i would have never known that calling someone uh saying to a, a black woman that you're a strong black woman would be like somewhat of an insult but i can see now how it would be and where my brain is going is like, I'm thinking in terms of like, I'm going to try to relate again. Um, in dating, for example, uh, I tend to be tougher than the people I date. Like I'm just like less emotional and like, just, I don't know. I just am sort of like, all right, let's get on with this. What could, what do we need to do to make things better? Like I, yeah. that's the way my brain works. But then at the same time, I resent how I feel in those relationships because I'm like, well, I just want to be like a girl. Like, I just want to be like a sensitive girl. I am, I am that person who's really strong and I, I'm very like, I got this. I'm, like, I'm not that emotional. But at the same time, I'm always like, but I just want someone to be like, yeah. come here. Like, you deserve for me to cook you dinner or take you out to eat or exactly. whisk you away for a week. Like, I, I, I want someone to like do those little sweet things, like play me a surprise party. I want that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, because most of the time in my relationships, I am tougher than like my partners yeah. or like I'm the more the, the breadwinner than my partners. I don't get that all the time. Yeah. I, but, but you, yeah, yours is like times two though. Cause now I'm seeing that like in any respect, like, first of all, everyone's expecting you to be the strong one regardless of in a, so no one's expecting that of me outside of maybe in a relationship, but like, or maybe friendships. I don't know. But like, so you're just expected to be strong black woman. Like that's what you do. Like that's what you, what we see in movies and, and all of that. And, and when you want to just be, you know, comforted and just be like, mm-hmm. I mean, even just feel like dainty or like, I don't know, just like uh, that maybe you need something from someone as opposed to like, you're doing the giving. So th- number one, number two, when you also said like, for example, a white woman gets to go in screaming fits when she feels like it, she can get away with it. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you were doing that, people would probably be like, whoa, crazy, crazy black lady. What's going on here? Uh, Exactly that. Like, but I know what you're saying with like, with Latinos, they're so fiery. Oh, it's sexy. It's so sexy. Yeah, exactly that. Like I, and it's like to hear that people that you support, the district doesn't, don't look like you don't understand why black lives matter or why like we're black people are just saying stop killing us we just want to live we just want to have a life and i want to be able to worry not worry about my son going outside i want him to i I would love my son to be like i'm lost let me go to a cop and not have to worry about him being shot and stuff but to hear people like not like they don't understand or they're quiet or they do things that's convenient for them or 
they do things that's like very Karen-ish of like calling the cops and somebody for stupid reasons, like things like that. I don't think people really realize like how dangerous that is for people of color. Like mm-hmm. literally it's one of the most dangerous thing. And then on top of that, cops really don't care about people of color. I feel like a lot of times I remember I had a, a domestic situation where like I had an ex who like bit my lip. Oh. And I went to the cops, like my lip was swollen, disgusting. And make a long story short, the, my, the cop who had my case changed stations. And my case to this day has not been seen. Nothing, like nothing. Like nothing's been done to it. And it's just like, because I live in, in, in the boroughs in New York City, I feel like it wasn't really paid attention to. But had I been somewhere else or of a different race, Mm-hmm. They probably been like, oh, what? Oh my God, no! Stay here and arrested him right right away. Mm-hmm. But because I said that because I was black and he was Hispanic, nothing mm-hmm. came about it. And it's just like just leaving th- little things like that. Like it's hard being a black woman. And that's not a little like, thing. That's a very big thing. Like that is. I guess I, I have a I have a way of like things that happen to me just being desensitized to it. Yeah. And I find humor in it now. Like I can laugh about it. I'll make a joke about it because I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just that person like strong i just i I can take something i keep rolling i'm just like whatever it happened yeah about it on to the next thing i just can keep going with it Mm -hmm. but it just sucks that when you see people in the spotlight even like other celebrities are like there's a singer who has not posted anything Mm -hmm. on about anything going on it's just like it sucks because it's like i like you like you're Mm -hmm. a singer i like your show i've watched you on e and and it's like you just don't support people that look like me Mm -hmm. like you don't support people who look like me at all. And it's like, I'm a still a human. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a person as well. And it's just like circling back to being like the whole, Oh, she's a Latina. She's hot and spicy and did it. And it's like, I can be spicy. I can be sexy too. I'm not just an angry black woman. Like I can yeah. have that, you know, and it's just, we don't get that respect. It's like Michelle Obama who has like two degrees, how people used to like, shit on her so much calling her a monkey and this and that and it's like she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life like mm-hmm. I've been told by most people I look like her and I disagree but um oh uh, I mean I think she's beautiful I don't think you guys look alike though I, I don't I don't see I like I've been told by people they're like you guys look alike and I was like no you don't just say I'm pretty and go about your day sir <laughs> um but like even her like has many people will call her a monkey and, and talk about her so horribly and she's one of the most educated first women first ladies we had like mm-hmm. the most disrespected woman in america is a black woman like it's so sad it, it's it's mind-blowing when you were saying about like you had your your lip bit by your ex which is just fucking terrible terrible and horrifying um and the cops didn't pay attention i the, i've been saying this for a while with because i i mean and anyone that listens to a lot of true crime knows this too like, hey, it's really sad what happened to John Benet Ramsey, but can we stop fucking talking about it and start paying attention to the thousands of other little black girls that get like that get that no no one ever talk no one talks about no one talks about like so it, many get sex it, it breaks so my many heart. Get like, what happened to John is so sad. Like, that's a sad story. She was such a obviously girl. so sad. But, but, it's but like, we're, we talk about there's there's podcasts dedicated just. It happened what twenty five years ago? Yeah, just dedicated to her. I don't. There's TV shows, movies, whatever. There's so many little girls and little boys that have gone missing, that have been murdered, like that. No one talks about it's it. 
it, it could make me cry. Like, it's just, it's, it's just unbelievable. Like, to me, that is one of the major things that you, like, okay. Because we think, like, oh, so white people just want to see, like, oh, why, why did this little pageant queen, why did something bad happen to her? Like, She's so good, and it, it's so annoying to see that. And it's just, like, I know last year, it was, like, a whole thing going on, like, with, the, like, I don't know if it's, it's happening in L.A., they were saying that Uber drivers were sex trafficking, like, um, women of color. Like, it was a lot of videos going around Instagram and, like, Fuck, things really? that, like, be careful. Like, even to this day, like, my Uber driver, I went to my friend's house the other day. He mm-hmm. was being really weird. He was like, are you going home or are you going to meet your friends? And I was like, I'm meeting my friends, all of them, a lot of them. And I remember I sent, like, to my, I have a group chat. I sent it to them and then I sent it to, like, one of my friends. I was like, hey, my Uber driver is being weird. If mm-hmm. I don't show up or I don't hit you guys up tonight, just make sure like you have this. And like it was happening like a lot in um the city in like big cities that like they were taking girls, especially like, they were like late night, they were like drinking, they were taking them and like kidnapping them. God. Do like Uber and like Lyft and stuff. It was like a whole big Jesus. thing. Jesus. And it never got any news coverage. Like never got really See, any. See, that's news what coverage. happens a lot too. Yeah. I watched the um the documentary on the the uh Grim Sleeper, he he was, he, he, okay, first of all, I'd like to say that it's very rare that serial killers are black men. They're mostly white men, although yes. there was, <laughs> although there was, although there was Sam Little and the Grim Sleeper, but besides that, there's about hundreds more white guys that a, are. There was a serial killer who was black and he killed, he was a rich black man. He killed poor black people, which I thought was very ironic, but. I don't, see, I don't know who that one is. I know. Sam Little operated like around like the uh, like Kentucky-ish, I think, or that's where he was caught. And then the Grim Sleeper um, was in like South Central Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and and he mostly was um, uh, sexually uh, raping uh, and murdering uh, black uh, sex workers. And it took the media, oh God. I actually don't think they cared about it for maybe 20 years until they just decided to care about it and then pretended like, oh, we finally got a lead on this guy. And it's like, no, they just straight up didn't care. They just did. They didn't care. They didn't care that because they were black sex workers. They didn't care. They yeah, just- I mean, it's the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Like, people have been chanting and rallying since I think Trayvon Martin was killed. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I went to like a, like a protest, like, I at first didn't truthfully honestly get it like I got like it was sad that he was killed mm-hmm. but I was just like I didn't get like the uproar until like I started like just looking at stuff and like just hearing about like cause I was like oh he'll be killed I was like I was like he'll go to jail like I was like he's gonna be found like I just knew he's gonna be found guilty like I'm not saying man's name but I was like he'll be found guilty it'll be fine and then like once he wasn't found guilty mm-hmm. I was like oh okay this is why everyone's pissed this is why everyone's ch- like out there protesting and Everything. And then it start, kept happening, like, with Tamir Rice and everyone else. And then hearing about, um, uh, what was his name? Oscar Grant, uh, the movie Fruitvale Station. Like, even hearing about that, and that happened, like, a while ago. Just hearing all about that and, like, doing the research on all of those people. Mm-hmm. It, I was like, this is why everyone's out here. And this is why, like, we have to sit there and come together and, like, tell people, like, look, our lives matter. Like, Black lives matter. Mm-hmm. And now, recently, I'm like people are joining and I think it's great that people now are beginning to care because the more allies I think we have that aren't of color mm-hmm. is the reason why people are hearing us now mm-hmm. and they're beginning to give a fuck like to be very blunt that's why they're beginning to care because we're getting so many people to sit there and be like no like I'm not black but this is fucked up like this mm-hmm. 
this this is this is horrible. Like even with George Floyd and how he cried out for his mother, I feel like anyone that has a heart, mm-hmm. I don't see how anyone can watch that video and be like, he deserved that. Like I don't care about it, but if you I, have a heart, yeah. give someone call for their mom who was I didn't know she was she had died like two three years ago before this. So to hear him go out for his mother is just like such a heartbreaking thing that I don't understand how anyone can act like it's okay and not a big deal. I think some people are just monsters, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I because I I don't understand that either. I I I. I I mean, I've had people message me, too, like when I've posted stuff being like, okay, well, you know what? Everyone has the same opportunity if they work hard. No, that's not fucking true because systems are in place. They have been for hundreds of years. Maybe it will get, hey, if we stop it now, then maybe your son will have a better shot. Yes, it's getting better, but like even just, um, did you listen to my podcast with uh, Bridgette Davis? I honestly know because I have not gone no. anywhere. No worries. I no worries. No worries. <laughs> you should listen to it or read her book. She's incredible. But like she talks about um, how just even buying a home as oh, yeah, a, as a, but, as a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, it, you were you had no equity in the home and they could take it from you immediately. All that stuff. Well, guess what? You're not getting to build generational wealth that way. Like as yeah. much as like, like you, it's not like, like my parents certainly don't support me, but like, will I maybe get to have equity in one of their homes? Like after they pass, which I don't like talking about, they're, they're never dying. I'm just take cancel yeah, clear same. on that. Yeah. Cancel <laughs> clear. But like, they've also been able to, you know, help me out when I needed it. Like, it's not like a con, like, generational wealth is a thing even if it's not huge wealth like we don't have huge but like when you're set up to just not when you're when you're set up to have to work harder to make the same amount of money or even less money and then you can't even get the same home loan and that was just in like the 60s and 70s like that's not that long ago so well I guess you, you were younger but like your mom, whatever her parents had, like they were heavily discriminated against. Your mom definitely, like it's oh, getting yeah. slightly better, but it's still, we're still. Yeah, my grandmother's from the South. Like my grandmother grew up in Virginia mm-hmm. and she came to New York by herself when she was like 18. My grandma's a badass. Oh, um, that's cool. Tell me about her. She came to New York when she was like 18, 18 or 19 by herself. Um, I think her brother came here with her, but he like left like after a week and she like, went from like cleaning houses into like she was she retired as a nurse she retired when i was like two years old but um my grandmother like i will say like she worked so hard for everything she has she is one of the, like she's something someone i truly admire because i'm like she literally like she had a kid young she had my uncle like she was like seven, 16 17 mm-hmm. three years later she left him with her like her parents so she could like come because she wanted to give him a better life than being down south but i think i think i think it's amazing how my grandmother was like smart enough to know like this is not the life she wanted so she came to new york built shit up and then like when her, she like, was like settled she went and got my uncle and came back uh, came back here and she went from like cleaning houses and just doing odd jobs to being a nurse she like retired with a great bank account i know because i man her finances mm-hmm. um and like she worked so hard for everything she has she lives in an apartment now like, for old people but like she literally did everything like on her own and i think it's amazing i love but, that I, I know she had like had it hard, like, because she used to like work like on like uh, fields. She says like I used to work on the fields and things like that. I don't ask her many stories because her stories are very long, and I love my <laughs> grandmother. 
Now, old people never can get to the point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she definitely like was, she's one of the strongest people I know in life. Like she truly is a strong woman. I hate saying like the strong black woman thing, but she truly is so strong. Mm-hmm. And even like when her and my grandfather got divorced, like she, she had to take care of like four kids and she did it. Like mm-hmm. she did it by herself and she's, yeah, she's the best. <laughs> That's really cool. I mean, I think there's no shame in saying that you're strong, but I understand the connotation of like, you're a strong black woman, you can handle it, can be very- Yeah, that, that's the connotation I hate today. I, like, I'm like, supposed to say I can handle everything because I'm a strong black woman. I'm like, that's not the advice I want. I want you to tell me like, it'll be okay. Yeah. And if I fuck up, it's a, it's fine. Not like, you're a strong black woman. And you know, like, I my friend to help me fill out something. She was like, say that you know, like, you're a strong black woman. And I was like, I'm not writing that because it's not what I want to, the vibe I want to get. Like that's- yeah not who I, like, I you want just black. straight up equality like you just want yeah, to not have to be like it. hey i'm black but i'm super strong and guess what i'll be so good at this be like come yeah, on like, i'm like i'm just fun like, i'm like i'm just am who i am like, I'm, I, I, I'm good because i'm good at what everything i do because not because i'm black i'm just good at it it's just who i am as a person yeah. it's nothing to do with my race it's just who i am like yeah but like, i mean after i educated her and told her like please don't say that to me she was fine but it was cool. just like it was just like things yeah don't do that to me. Just, yeah. it's just, it might be personal. Maybe some people out there are like, no, I love being called a strong black woman. But for me, I just feel like it takes away my femininity. And mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm very feminine. I'm very girly. Like I get my nails done. Not right now because, you know, COVID. Mm-hmm. But like, usually I have my nails done, my eyebrows done, my eyelashes and like mm-hmm. everything done. So I'm like, I'm very feminine. Yeah. Yeah. So um, can we touch on a little bit? So you have a six-year-old son? Yes. My little uh, boy. My yeah. Aw, that's <laughs> so cute. So uh, tell me a little bit about like raising a young black male right now. Like how, what So I haven't had any conversations with him about like the police stuff because he is six and he still really doesn't get it. But I know that one day I'm going to have to like have that conversation with him. And I hope that by that time I do have that conversation with him, it'll be a different type of conversation. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like worry about like, as he gets older, if things doesn't, don't change what his life can be like or like when I see like things like got like men dying like Tamir Rice and stuff like being shot by the police and they're like twelve. It's it's really scary because I'm like my like my little boy now, like, everyone I no matter what race they are, they tell me how cute he is. I remember one of my first mother's days I was in Burger King and like this white guy was like, I'm gonna buy your food. I don't know why. He just went and just bought it, oh. bought me bought my food and it was like really sweet. And he was like, Happy Mother's Day. Like he was like with his family and stuff and it was like nice. But like mm. People of all races tell me how cute he is and, oh, he's so adorable. But I'm like, I know one day those same people who aren't of color that are telling me he's cute will see him and be like, oh, my God, like, and be scared just because of his race. And I'm like, and, and it, it it worries me. It freaks me out. And it's part of the reason why when I got pregnant, I didn't want a boy. <laughs> um, mm. But, like, it, it freaks me out that, like, one day someone might see him as a threat and mm. take his life away. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, scary to say cancel, clear that. But, like, it's a reality that, like, I know can happen because there are ignorant people out there. And even if it's not a cop, mm-hmm. just, like, the jogger in Atlanta yeah. who was killed, like, it's it's a reality that can happen. And something I'm, like, even, like, I'm, like, I want to move out of New York. I'm, like, I got to remember where I'm going to live. Like, if I do North Carolina, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's just a scary thing to have to really think about in process when you look at your child who... To you, it will always be a baby, but you're like, no, one day someone can see him as a threat and he's not doing anything. Like, he's jogging, trying to, like, stay fit. Yeah. I feel like that is, like, one of the 
maybe one of the better examples of just like white privilege in the sense of like, I don't think any mom that has a, a white son has to think that way. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, the, obviously there's other worries, but like, I don't think that's really a worry. And I think that's yeah. one of the most painful, painful worries a mother could possibly go through. Yeah, like my, um, I have cousins who are black, Italian, and Irish. Mm -hmm. So I have a cousin, she looks like, even if you see her and me together, people never think we're related, but our mothers are sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, like people would treat her differently once they find out she's black. Because really? like she was raised by her mom and like, she's very proud of like, she'll, she'll tell like people like, I know I'm black. Like she'll, she'll tell them, but like you see her, you're like, who's this white girl? Like I've had people say this to me like, who's this white girl with you? And I'm like, my cousin. And like, I remember she was saying like, she had a friend like she had a, uh, a boss, sorry. Mm -hmm. And like the boss used to like love her. Like if she was like at work, if she wanted to go to like lunch before everyone else, she came and she came in after her boss would let her, all this stuff. And one day my aunt came to visit her, like to bring her something. And, and her boss was like, who was that lady? And she was like, oh, my mom. And she was like, like your adopted mother? And she was like, no, my birth mother. And she was like, oh. And since then my cousin was like, after that, her boss started treating her differently. Like, wow. like when she was like, oh, I'm hungry. You know, can I go to work? Can I go to lunch early? No. Like she would tell, like she wasn't like as friendly and nice and opening to her because she realized my cousin, because she my cousin lives in Atlanta, Georgia, because she realized my cousin was half black, she started treating my cousin uh, differently. I mean, it's just so gross. Like what? What? Like I, I just don't understand what it is. Like what is it? Like oh, now I have to treat them like shit. Like <laughs> I, 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 you liked her before. Like she's yeah. still the same person. Snob. Nothing's I call changed. Her my cousin's a snob. Like she's still the same snobby person she was before. So I don't understand why now you don't like her because she's half black. She's a half black snob. Like she's still such a snob. Like my cousin's one of the snobs I've ever met in my life. Like <laughs> she's such a snob. Like you still can like her. Like, yeah. but it was like, my cousin has green eyes and she dyed her hair blonde a lot. So like at that time she had green eyes and blue hair I mean, and blonde hair. So you're like, oh, okay. My aunt came in and my cousin started being treated differently by her boss, which is to me insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. Well, um, let, we're going to wrap up, but I want to ask you a few more questions. And thank you so much for doing this. Really You're appreciate welcome. it. Thank I, you for having me, honestly. Yeah, I'll, I mean, never mind. I can't really contribute anything to your podcast. I was like, I'll be a guest on yours, <laughs> but like, I don't know what it's like to you date in New York. Can. You I date in I've never, I've never dated in New York, but yeah, I'll do it. And we'll just make it not in New York. I'll have plenty of other stories. Because isn't it basically like dating in New York? Yeah, it's yeah, dating. Being, it's dating, sex, like you're a comedian. So like it's, you definitely come on. And like, we're going back to the studio this Tuesday actually. So I'm so excited because I'm tired of being at home doing this shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, we could definitely like, we would love to have you on because like you're still a comedian and you still are a woman and you have to do it weirdos just like me. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'd love that. Okay, so last two questions. Um, if you could tell any white girl your age, uh, one thing that would help them to understand what it's like to be a black woman, what would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I feel like I just gave you a pageant question. I do feel like I'm in a pageant. Well, <laughs> you know, I want world peace now. Um, <laughs> what is like to be a black woman? Um, yeah, what the difference is? Like what, I mean, I, obviously we've talked about many differences, but like if you only had like one opportunity to be like, this is what's different. You can express your opinion without anyone thinking you were angry or loud or you can you can even you can show any emotion without anyone looking at you 
like look at the angry black girl if that makes sense yeah like yeah. you can be yourself essentially like you can go to work and you can be yourself and not have to worry about oh my god am i being too black or they're gonna look at me like what is she doing if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah that's that's good that's a good answer and then what do you think like what what do you need? What what do people, what is your family, what do you think the best thing that that uh, white people or just anyone can do right now to help further this movement? Like, what would be, like... I, guess, I would say educating yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure people listen to this, follow you on Instagram. If you don't know what to do, I would say follow you. Like, follow what you're, like, what you're doing. Like, I see, I, I know that you're reading books and watching movies. And I, I will keep saying I love that you're doing that. Thank you. Just like, like I seen an article today by a wrestler. He was like, "Your black friend is not your Google." Like right now, you have a black friend. We are all tired of people like, you know, looking for us for answers and trying to explain this and that. Just Google things, guys. Like, mm-hmm. if you can Google how to dye your hair, you can Google mm-hmm. like how to be a better ally. Like, it's really not hard. And like, if you have, like, even if you don't have a friend that's of color, just as a human being, like just. Mm-hmm. research and read watch 13th on netflix watch when they see us on netflix like i have i personally haven't watched them because i just can't mm-hmm. but even um the khalif daughter story just watch that about okay. the boy who was in rikers island and you know ended up committing suicide because of the unfair uh criminal justice system just i just keep educating yourself from reading and signing petitions and just, just keep standing up for us like yeah. we see someone who's black and in or of color in trouble and or you see them having issues with cops just stand there just stand there and be like i'm just gonna hang out until you guys are done yeah so make sure you're good just just you, like just be there for them i love that just, just be there and support them maybe you don't know what to do if you see someone if you see someone that's black in a supermarket or something and they're having issues just stand there and be like i'm just gonna stay here you know make sure she's okay or he's okay until this transaction is done oh i love that that's wonderful that's that's I think that's great advice. And hopefully that does scare cops and other people enough because we all have cell phones now, too. So yeah, exactly. Like, we'll, take your cell phone out. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you. Yeah, like, go a lot. Go on Instagram live. Even if you only yeah. have two views, go on Instagram live and let people know that I'm going to Instagram live this so people can see what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that is the best way you can help. I think you ended this brilliantly like that is that makes. Yeah. That makes so much sense. That's that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Tell thank my listeners where they me. can they can find you on social media, your podcast, all that stuff. Okay, so Cats and Dolls comes out every Wednesday. Um, it's about sex and dating and relationships and all the weird shit that happens in NYC. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Tatiana Taylor with two R's. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Let's stay in touch. Like, yeah, I'd love yes. to hear your podcast. And yeah. 